maybe the wind straightened out his hat a little bit or something as he was pitching and he was able to see straight. I don't know how that works. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Fantasy Frenemies. We tried to join you last night, had some technical difficulties, but we got those ironed out, I believe, uh, today a little bit as Bobby and I are talking to you about, oh, a lot of different baseball activities that happened not only last night, but coming up here today. Hey, Bobby, we usually do a little history lesson on a Wednesday show, um, and, and today there is a history lesson. But I remember as a kid what I loved to do was I love to take those baseball cards that I would get, you know, whenever you open up a package or something, and I would turn them I would turn them over and I would try and guess what the person's average was for each thing, like his career average. And so what I really want to do today for our history lessons maybe even going forward is to turn over some baseball cards and try to see if you know or any of our friend of me nation knows what some of these people's career averages are, some of the best players in, in Major League Baseball history. And tonight, what I thought I would do is I would, I, I think I would start off with one of what I think is, I don't want to say underrated, but biggest tainted. Maybe he's the biggest tainted <laughs> uh, baseball player in ba- Major League history. because Mr. Mr. Asterisk himself. <laughs> Yeah, because we look at him through a different lens now than what we did whenever he was a Pittsburgh Pirate. But I want to talk about Barry Bonds and see if we can know what his um, uh, career averages were. First of all, do you know how long he played in the major leagues? This blew my mind. Uh, 21 years. Actually, 22 years. You're right on point with that, Bobby. 22 years is how long Barry Bonds played in the major. That's a long time to do a professional career. He started when he was in 1986, when he was 21 years old with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Do you know he played 113 games, had a 448, uh, 484 at-bats. He hit 16 home runs that year, stole 36 bases when he first came up to the major leagues. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember Barry Bonds being that speedy, but I, I, <laughs> I suppose that was before he got really large, you know? Yeah, that was, that was his young, skinny days, I guess. <laughs> before he hit the sauce in the uh, in the weight room, and he had a he had, he batted two twenty three in those hundred and thirteen games that first year. So two twenty three. When you talk about rookies and the rookie struggles, we're talking about Barry Bonds, one of the best batting eyes of all time, one of the best hitters of all time. Uh, he batted two twenty three that first year. He struck out in four hundred and eighty four plate appearances. 102 times. So Barry Bonds, uh, the, the, all those ratios just seem a little bit weird for him. But when you talk about a rookie, that's a great example of those rookie struggles. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not easy being uh, first year getting used to major league pitching. Now, of course, he, he improved over those years. And uh, we remember in those young years of Barry Bonds, uh, he didn't have a greatest arm. He wasn't the greatest defensive player. I think what Sid Bream with the Atlanta Braves beat, beat a throw home when he was in shallow left field or right field, too. <laughs> that was glorious. I still yeah. remember watching that game. <laughs> it was one of the most exciting plays uh, for baseball in, in, in history. I, I would imagine that one has got to make the, the, top, the top of the list, uh, somewhere in the top of the list. In his first year in San Francisco, now, you know, he, he goes and probably a free agent there between 1992 and 1993. So his first year in San Francisco, he gets 674 plate appearances. That is a, that is an everyday player right there. Yeah. Uh, scored 129 runs, had 46 home runs, drove in 123 uh, RBIs. He, he stole 29 bases that year with San Francisco. 
He has intentionally walked 126 times, <laughs> and he had a 336 batting average. So Barry Bonds, just that first year, had to be a great offseason acquisition for the San Francisco Giants. Oh, yeah. I would love, I mean, that that's something you want on your fantasy team. Uh-huh. I mean, just, just imagine any of your players having almost 700 plate appearances. <laughs> almost 700 at bats. How, and, and if he's batting th- over 300, you know something's going to happen. You're going to get stats somewhere, some way, somehow. Now, that's not even his career highest uh, at-bats in a season. I got got to say this because it just looks so strange. But in 1998, he had 697 at-bats, almost (laughs) 700 at-bats. That's a a lot of at-bats. But let's look at his record-breaking year here. So in 2001, of course, that's the year where he hit 73 home runs, and the guy was just, just unbelievable that year. He had 177 walks that year. That wasn't his. He he one time in 2004 had 232 walks that year. 120 of them were intentional. That's just crazy. But I, mean, I understand. Is, I understand. But that's just crazy. <laughs> it is that in that uh, 232 walk year that was 617 plate appearances. So a third of his plate appearances were were walks. Uh, in that record-breaking year, though, that 73 home run year in 2001, he scored 129 runs, drove in 137 RBIs, had 13 steals to go with his 73 home runs. <laughs> you don't have a lot of singles, I guess, during that time to be able to steal bases. Yeah. Uh, but but he batted 328 that year. 328. That's just unreal. He he always had a good batting eye. But uh, just could you believe if Mm-mm. if he if he batted any better than that, how many home runs he could have had, or if they had to pitch to him, how many home runs he would have had? It's just unbelievable. Yeah, that's not even his highest career batting average. His highest career batting average in 612 plate appearances, just a couple of years later in 2002, he batted 370 for the year. 370. Unbelievable hitter. So let's talk about his career average. Uh, So his career average through 22 years, 162 games, if you were to take that out for a whole season, his career averages, uh, he would have drove in 121 runs a year. He would have averaged 41 home runs, 108 RBIs, 28 stolen bases, 28 stolen bases. And he would have batted just a a hair under 300 at 298. That's yeah. that's a that's a mighty good bat. I would love to have that any fantasy uh, year for any player of mine. Oh yeah, and I've been, I think I've been playing fantasy baseball for uh, this might be my eleventh or twelfth year. So I don't think I ever necessarily had Barry Bonds on my any of my teams, but godly, just to have somebody like that, just to just load up on stats on every category would just be uh, unbelievable. Just phenomenal. One of the most iconic bats of all time, definitely left-handed bats of all time. He uh, never quite, never won a world series, but he was a seven time MVP, eight time gold glove. He won two batting titles. He had 12 silver slugger awards, a 14 time all-star. Awesome. Awesome career. Hey, Bobby, uh, Twins activated Nelson Cruz from the 10-day injured list. I think you started him last night probably, right? I did. He went 0 for 4. I, I fully expected that coming back from a three-week layoff. 
it was just one of those things I needed power, so I wanted to start them. But I'm excited to have them back. The Diamondbacks activated David Peralta from the 10-day inch list. That's a, he's a good batter for whatever team that you can have him on. Brewers option Keston Hyera to AAA San Antonio. That was a strange move by the Brewers, but I kind of expected it with how they had Travis Shaw. They paid him. He's a 30-home run guy, a veteran. Give Keston Hyera a little taste of the major leagues, but sending him back, he was he was he had what four or five home runs in the couple of weeks that he was up. Yeah, he he wasn't struggling at all. He he was hitting for power. He didn't have a bad average, and he was driving in runs and. He he was doing everything you you can ask him for, playing good defense. Uh, so I'm scratching my head too. But you know, when you got too many too many guys that are uh, playing, and you got a, a guy like Shaw who you're paying big money to, you gotta you gotta see if that big money comes through. They got a lot of names on their team that they really split time with in a lot of different positions. I don't know if they're going to be able to move anybody to in by the trade deadline but i i would expect we're going to see some people maybe maybe dropped from their team or released uh from their team and and become free agents i i don't know it's going to be really interesting to see what the brewers do john jay started his minor league rehab assignment a great catalyst at the front of a lineup he's down there in birmingham so you might be able to catch him if you live in that alabama area but john jay uh was in the white Sox organization and he I, I think when he comes back, it, it'll it'll help that offense a little bit. It might be somebody to keep your eye on if you need runs and steals. Tommy Pham this Tuesday's game. He's been out for like three or four days. I own him in the league, and he's been out. And, and it says it's a cramp in his lower leg is what he went out with, but he hasn't played, and like I said, in about four or five days. And, and I'm getting a little bit concerned about Tommy Pham. He, he might have a DL stint coming up, which will just put like the bottom half of my roster on a DL stint, so that's fine. <laughs> Cubs activated Pedro Strope from the 10-day injured list. He he, he pitched last night. Uh, he, I think he got a save. He did. Came in, pitched the ninth, and uh, did really well. That made me really nervous, though, because I knew the wind was blowing out at Wrigley Field, and I was like, please don't pitch Pedro on that first game back. I, maybe the wind straightened out his hat a little bit or something as he was pitching, and he was able to see straight. I don't know how that works. Hey, it is reported that Baltimore, Kansas City, San Francisco are the only ones not interested in Dallas Keuchel or Craig Kimbrell. That is that that is reported. I think everybody else is interested in the major league. Uh, and, and I think it's uh, they're interested, but you know it's just not a feasible <laughs> pickup. They would I, they would definitely be interested. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to stay tuned on this. I think a lot of times, like whenever you hear the Cubs, the Yankees, any of those big names coming out there, that that may be coming from an agent of the players saying those names to kind of get everybody else pushed in a different direction or trying to up the ante a little bit for their contracts. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where this is gonna end up washing. It'll be one of the top teams because the uh, Minnesota, the Yankees, those guys are gonna be head to head competing for that American League Central American League title. So well, the, the, there were two uh, conflicting reports about this. Morosi had said the Cardinals are, you know, you know, keeping tabs on them. I would make a gentleman's bet. I'd bet a dollar that the Yankees assign Keuchel, uh with the surprise team, probably if they just get off their butts and, write a check would be the Braves. It would have to be the Yankees or the Braves almost certainly. 
anybody else, it, it would be a shock to me. I, on a on a sad note, we we all hate to see this. I think anybody anybody in our front of me nation would hate to see this. Andrew McCutcheon ended up tearing his ACL. I don't, I don't know. He has an ACL injury and he's out for the rest of the year. I uh, hate to see that with him, especially on a Philly team that's that's pretty loaded and has a great shot at going to the World Series. And Andrew McCutcheon has a shot at winning one, and we hate to see him go down for the whole year. Yeah, you know McCutcheon's always been one of those those good guys, really good ambassador for the, the game, uh, good player. Uh, he's just always been on just some eh, either okay teams or just really bad teams. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to see somebody as uh, as good as he is get hurt and miss his. I, I won't say miss his chance, but uh, miss a chance to go to the World Series. So if you have to replace him, Andrew McCutcheon in your outfield, who might be some names that you're looking at, Bobby? Uh, you couldn't go wrong with uh, guys like uh, Nomar Mazzara, uh, Victor Robles, if they're available. They're they're pretty high owned right now. Uh, Robles being 80%, Nomar Mazar being 63%. So Mazar is a little more available. What about uh, Cooper with Miami? Would you be interested in him to replace McCutcheon? Hey, he's he's hot. He wouldn't be a bad pickup. Uh, shocking is it is to say a Marlins uh, <laughs> player is a is not a bad pickup, but hey, he's hot. The team's hot. Ride it while you can. Yeah. And about how about Jay Bruce? Jay Bruce is who the Phillies have to insert him in there. He hit two home runs last night. Are you interested hey. in Jay Bruce? Hey, Yahoo's Yahoo's telling everybody to pick him up. So got to be something there he's he's back in the uh the national league so he 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 knows the pitching it's not going to be as much of a change so he can he can be a pretty good pickup get get you some power definitely and and in that ballpark too as well all right so let's go over the major league standings let's go over the major league standings the yankees in the al east yeah, I'm going to say extended their lead just a tad bit over Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is two and a half games back. Boston, though, dropping back to eight and a half games behind first place. Everybody else in that division, Toronto, Baltimore, I don't think we have to talk about them for the rest of the year. No, not really. Um, Boston is floundering a little bit, but they got the team to to make a run. And they're going to be in the wild card regardless. I don't see anybody really giving them much of a run other than Texas. You know, we, we have uh, several weeks still left in the Major League Baseball season, but the American League Central looks all wrapped up already. You got the Minnesota Twins 11 and a half games in front of the White Sox and Cleveland. So it, it's going to look like, you know, one of those teams in the AL East, of course, is going to win that division. And then it's going to be a fight between Tampa, Boston, White Sox and Cleveland for a wild card chase and maybe even in the AL West since Houston is going to run away with that division they're nine games above Texas right now uh, 11 games in front of Oakland and 11 and a half games in front of the Angels so the wild card race is the last place for the wild card race is starting to become very interesting it'll be it'd be curious though about the we got a long a long way to go but I think there are some clearly defined uh, league leaders right now oh yeah and a lot of these league leaders are way ahead in run differential, so you know they're good teams. Um, like with Minnesota, 
being 109 to the positive and everybody else is uh, fairly well in the negative with the exception of Cleveland, but they're negative 16 in run differential, so they're still negative. Yeah, and I think the Yankees, one of the things to remember with them, the Yankees don't have their team. They, they've been playing with people we didn't even know their names this year so far. <laughs> uh, and so I mean, there's and Gary Sanchez comes in and out of the lineup every two weeks for a little while. And, and you know, just they're, they're you know, you got all those different people. They lost their third baseman, lost two outfielders, lost the DH. Uh, just it, it, they're playing with people we don't even know right now. So the Yankees, I think, are going to really catch fire the second half of this year. Yeah, well, at least uh, I know you and I hope so, at least for t- our two <laughs> players that we're waiting on, which is their two big sluggers, uh, Stanton and Judge. So they're scary to think about if they can keep uh, the guys who are playing with uh, with them right now up in the majors and, and playing at their level and insert the two uh, big bombers. And you've got some you got a dangerous team to deal with. Now, the National League has got a couple interesting races. The NL East, we have Philadelphia just a half game in front of Atlanta. The Mets are only four and a half games back, and Washington six and a half games back. And and do I have to say this, really? Miami is ten and a half games back. (laughs) Just ten and a half. Um, So maybe Miami's trying to do something? Yeah, they might play themselves out of the number one spot in the draft, but they're doing something. Um I mean, they made a big chunk out of their uh, run differential last night, yeah. winning 16 to nothing, and they were negative 74, and they scored 16 runs, so they're only in the negative 50s somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, they're they're playing some good ball. A bunch of young guys just having some fun. No pressure on them. In the NL Central, uh, we got Milwaukee in the Cubs. I think they're tied right now in the top of that division. St. Louis is about three games back. Pittsburgh five games back, and Cincinnati six and a half games back. So that's a really tight race. So we got two good races right there in the National League. In the West, you have the Dodgers extending their league. They're at least nine and a half games above Colorado, and the rest of the I don't know San Diego. I guess ten and a half. We'll keep mentioning you, San Diego, for right now. Yeah, San Diego looked a lot more promising in, early in the season. Than- they're uh, kind of falling off a little bit here lately. So we're in week 10 right now in our fantasy year. We have a total 22 weeks in our fantasy year contest. So right now is what I kind of consider the halfway point of our fantasy baseball year. Because if you wait till week 20 to start making your move, you're, you're, you're going to be behind. All right. You got to make a, you got to start thinking about a playoff push right about now is where I, in my head is what I got to start doing. And there's some tough people that I have on my bench that I have thought about cutting or do I need to change them? Do I, I, what do I need to do with some of these players to make my playoff push? One of those players, Bobby, and I, I, I got highlighted a list for us here. Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung has been ice cold over the last month, went through a terrible, terrible, really hot the first month, really cold the second month. So what do I do with Paul DeYoung? Should I look at cutting him? For DeYoung, I would say no. Shortstop right now, especially in I would say ten or twelve team leagues, is a fairly short a short list of who's available, and anybody good is even shorter. Um, so I would ride DeYoung out, or at least stash him on my bench for a little while, let him get hot. Uh, the only person I could see really to pick up would be Orlando Arcia. Is some is the only person I would even give 
to look at right now. I mean, like I've said over and over again, and I've been looking for short stops for for the whole season. I'm stuck with Ahmed Rosario, who's been ice cold too, and I had to make a wonky trade to get another shortstop that I'm happy with, and he's out for four more weeks. Uh, what about Marcus Simeon? He kind of makes that shortstop list. You mentioned Arcia, but Simeon's one of those names as well who's really popular to, I don't know, pick up for a week or two and then drop for a week or two. He bats two fifty three, seven home runs, 36 runs scored, and five stolen bases. Simeon is a viable candidate for pickup. He's more of an everyday player than Arcia. Uh, he plays you know, with a pretty decent offensive team. Not quite as good as the Brewers, but... Uh, you know, still good nonetheless. Uh, so he does have some some value, but still, it's kind of hard to drop DeYoung for Simeon, knowing what DeYoung can do when he's uh, playing well. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, I, I'll probably hold on to DeYoung. I think there's a little list there of shortstops that you can choose from that are widely available in a lot of leagues. Freddie Galvis, Arcia, Simeon is one of them. Uh, and what, but what about like somebody like Villar, uh, Jonathan Villar from Baltimore, he's second base shortstop eligible. He's only batting 256. You know, you're going to hang his hat, hang your hat on his stolen bases. I think every year though, uh, he had one great stolen base year a couple of years ago. This year he has 11 stolen bases. He scored a lot of runs, 36 runs, but are you looking to maybe cut Jonathan Villar? Quite possibly. He is a streaky, streaky, streaky hitter. Yeah. Uh, he can be hot and steal you a lot, a lot of bases, score you a lot of runs, have some high batting average. But when he goes cold, he is he is ice cold. He can he can be batting a, like an 087 or something and be that way for two or three weeks and not feel any stats unless he's getting a walk or two and then getting a stolen base. But you you have to be careful, you know, somebody pick him up at the right time and get hot, but he's somebody I would at the first sign of that uh, cold streak, drop him and, um, you know, hopefully somebody picks him up and he stays cold and drops him back. And then if you need him, you can come back and pick him up. You know, that's something that with, with these names that we're talking about here today, it's a great fantasy baseball strategy. Uh, almost like streaming somebody for one or two weeks. You look at their schedule coming up, and we do this a lot in football. We see it, we, it's easier to do with football. I think uh, not as many games is the reason why. But in baseball, it's the same way. If you know that their schedule is coming up where they have got a great hitter's park, you're going to have some great matchups against bad teams, that might be the time to target some of those people. I did that this week a little bit. Yesterday when I did my uh, uh, homework assignment, I guess, or my morning my morning fantasy baseball workout and I made my sheet of, of players that I wanted to play that day I noticed that the wind was blowing out in Wrigley Field and I said oh no my matchup has got uh Honey at each rose has got tons of cubs I am a dead man walking today and I was trying to think okay what can I do and then the first thing I thought of was what cub could I pick up and Schwarber was on our list um, of free agents. And I said, oh, I could pick up Kyle Schwarber. Wind's blowing out to right field. Or right field, And Schwarber's a lefty. Okay, uh, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's get him. And then it worked out perfect for me, too, because all of his Cubs, he's got Rizzo, Bryant, uh, Javi, and all those people are batting behind him. So maybe at least I'll be able to get the run scored today. And, and ended up Schwarber hitting a home run yesterday. So to stream those players 
when we're talking about cold players and we're, we're debating on whether or not to drop somebody, maybe that is the strategy. Matt Carpenter, though, is Matt Carpenter one of those players that you want to drop and take a chance on losing? I, I haven't. Uh, I don't necessarily want to drop him. I, I, I would trade him. Uh, he is definitely a tradable uh, asset. He is a second-half player. He can get hot and light up the stat sheet. So he's not somebody you necessarily want to give up on and just drop for nothing. Yeah, I mean, you, unless you're, unless somebody has dropped somebody and you absolutely know that he's going to be an equal or greater value, uh, keep him on your bench at least. You know, somebody to keep your somebody to keep your eye on with that Matt Carpenter con, um, conversation. Brandon Belt might be somebody. Travis Shaw may have been dropped by somebody earlier. He had two hits last night in his return to the, to the Brewers. So you got Matt Carpenter, Travis Shaw, Brandon Belt. Those are all names that I think you can lump together and once again kind of play the matchups a little bit. Here's a well. There, here's another name in the, in the list of outfielders. Outfield's a pretty deep position though. Nicholas Castellanos, you know, last year he hit almost 300. He was on my team last year, so I, he almost hit 300, it felt like, and I was never disappointed in him. This year, he's batting 262, has six home runs only. I think last year is, is a little more productive than that. 32 runs scored, only 22 RBIs. Uh, are you waiting around for Castellanos, or, or was last year just kind of an outlier year for him? Uh, he would be somebody that would be a, a droppable uh, candidate if you need some uh, home run help or a little bit better average or even stolen bases. You know, we can go back to uh, Victor Robles being uh, a possible candidate for pickup. I don't know how you say his name. Ramon Laureano with Oakland. He's an outfielder. He's he's hitting like home runs and stealing bases all every day now, it feels like. He's got a hot bat, and, um, you know, you also have... Um, Brett Gardner's uh, still available in a lot of leagues. He's only 19% owned. Well, somebody we talked about uh, earlier in the show, uh, if you're lucky enough that he's available in your league because he's 86% owned, so there's at least a little bit of a chance Nelson Cruz is is back. And um, Who would you rather have? Mazzara or Castellinos? Because Castellinos, uh, Mazzara is only like 63% owned. He might still be available in your leagues. Mazzara's batting 271, eight home runs, and 33 uh, runs scored, uh, 31 RBIs. I would say Mazzara. Mazzara's got a, a better offensive team around him, too. Yeah. He's got Gallo. He's got Pence. He's got Andrews. There's, and a, he, there, there's a lot of... A lot of uh, good offensive uh, power and capability around him. He also has a higher ceiling when we talk about floors and ceilings. Uh, Castellinos, I, we, we kind of know where his floor is, and I think him and Mazzara have a, both have a floor, but Mazzara has a higher ceiling, I believe, so it might be a, a breakout time. He's a younger player than Castellinos, and we, we kind of are waiting for Mazzara to come around, and I think with Castellinos, we're, we kind of know what we got, you know. Let's look at our career minor leaguer standings, all right? I know Major League Baseball is important, but these are a little bit more important to us, I believe. Oh, uh, We got a, a Puig of their own. Tim is back on top of this division now, leading Lost Puppies by three games with his uh, just just crushing of Hughes last week. So he he's back on the top of the leaderboard. Uh, Mookie Monster sitting there in third place, uh, four games back. I'm five games back. 
carries moving up the leaderboard. He's at six games back right now. And Bobby, you're down there at eight. You still you're still right there and sniffing sniffing around the playoffs. Honey Nut each rose uh, nine and a half games back. Mark is eleven games back. I'm going to say Daniel still has a shot. He's 16 games back. All he needs is one good series. And Brandon, though, we need to get Brandon back under 20 games, uh, uh, <laughs> under that 20 game mark. He's 22 and a half games back, but he's playing Hughes this week. I think the last place teams are playing each other, so we'll see what happens. I don't know what I'm going to do with my team. I had a, a really good opportunity to have two good weeks in a row, and both times I squandered them. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling. Uh, to make that playoff push, but it's, this is a really good tight, um, league, you know, top seven really have a good shot. I mean, really top eight are still in the running with nobody being fully out of it. Cause like you said, you know, you make a couple of acquisitions and, um, have a couple of good weeks and you're right back in the thick of it. But now is definitely the time to do that. I, I would want oh, to yeah. say, and, you know, we're, we're ten weeks in, so wherever your position is, ten weeks from uh, uh, ten weeks in, wherever your position is right now, you've got ten weeks to recover from it, or to extend it, or to get better. Uh, but now is the time to start thinking about what you need to do to make that playoff run. I can't say we need to be thinking about a championship run right now because there's some more tweaking to go on later on in the year. Oh, yeah. But we can definitely look at this and know uh, how uh, what situation we're in with the playoffs. And if you're 22 and a half games back at this point, guess what? Ten weeks in, you still got ten weeks to make that up, and it can be done. So, yes, uh, most most playoffs are going to start week 21, week 22. Ours doesn't start till. The week 23, because we only uh, included four uh, four teams in our playoffs since we're a 10-team uh, league. Uh, so we're a little bit of an outlier. So you have 10 or 11 weeks to make a make a push, make some moves, improve your team. Go for broke. Uh, yeah. Make some make some weird trades. Make some, some uh, offers people can't refuse for somebody who's on the DL like I did. And, you know, just take a chance to, to improve your team and see how it goes listen thank you for joining us tonight for or today i guess for another episode of fantasy frenemies you can get in touch with us at fantasy frenemies on twitter that's at f frenemies frenemies is always spelled f-r-i-e-n-e-m-i-e-s if you have some player that you would like for us to cover and to talk about flip over that baseball card like we did with barry bonds you can reach us at yahoo fantasy frenemies at yahoo.com uh, and we would look forward to hearing from you